mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Robert Diamond? Today, Russell, I have been thinking about three themes. Oh. One is friendship. Oh. Because today's guest initially began as kind of as a friend, but it was kind of a, a, a what do you call it, like a blind date. And we were kind of set up by a mutual friend who's actually, really? the, yeah, he's actually the husband of a previous talk art guest, Raven Smith. Um, it's his husband, Dickie Danks. I call him Dickie Danks, but I think his name is Richard, Richard, yeah. Richard Danks. But his, <laughs> his Instagram is Dickie Danks, I think. Okay. Um, and uh, we were chatting about art and we, you and I had just started um, talk art and it was back in November 2018 mm-hmm. I think we'd just done our first ever episode and he was like you have to come meet uh, a friend of mine who I've known since we were like teenagers and I think his art's amazing so I went to Kentish Town kind of area and I went to his studio at that time and we had the most amazing day and the thing that we immediately bonded over was this idea of kind of art being there to help you survive uh, whether that be trauma um, or, you know, life experiences that happen to you. And as you know, like Frida Kahlo was my hero growing up. And, Artist therapy. You know, exactly. And you, in our friendship, you, me, Russell Tovey and Robert Diamond, you've yes. helped me with, with traumas and like I've helped you. And I think that's a really interesting part of friendship, that of it's not always the good times, it's also the bad times. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, this idea of art for survival. I just love the way that, you know, art can keep us all going and also inspire others to have hope um, in dark times. So, yeah, I had a really emotional day that day because you and I also went to The Inheritance afterwards. The, oh, the, God, that the play. was emotional. Wow. And I remember bawling my eyes out yes. during that play as shaking, well. So it was a very remarkable, tears. memorable day. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we will discover more about this amazing artist. But he makes incredible paintings, drawings, uh, sculptures, uh, and often self-portraits and representations of his body. Um, sometimes quite sexual as well and quite kind of erotic almost and... Uh, <laughs> And definitely queer, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, I adore his work. And it's been a real privilege since uh, November 2018 to kind of see how his work's grown. And um, I'm looking forward to introducing Talk Art listeners to our guest. We would like to welcome to Talk Art, Oliver, Oliver Hemsley. Hemsley. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Oliver. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Where good. are you in the world? I am in the arse end of nowhere in Suffolk, um, which I was fortuitous enough to move to 
uh, just before COVID-19 right. happened. Um, it's a really long story, but basically this amazing woman, I don't know, well, I met when I was a baby. Um, Do you remember meeting her as a baby? Well, apparently she tried to pull a bra off. Oh, wow, well, there uh, he is, so soon. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the start of things to come. Uh, no, um, I, she uh, was a friend of my mum's, and I've had some things happen to me, uh, which we can go into later, and she basically left me uh, some inheritance. Funny you mentioned the word inheritance. Um, and so I was able to get a place, uh, the first time I've ever been able to really choose something um, for myself, uh, where I could basically build a studio in the countryside. So uh, it was quite an amazing... It was like winning the lottery, but I mean, it wasn't that much. But uh, it was, yeah, it was phenomenal, really. And I'm so thankful now because otherwise I'd have been holed up in a very small flat in Archway. Oh, you was in Archway? I lived in Archway yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. But you're on the Debden yeah, Peninsula in Suffolk. I haven't. Uh, what what is about what is it about the Debden Peninsula that it needs? It's, I mean, it's Debden. Debden's Essex. Hello. Oh, sorry. Uh, there <laughs> uh, I was going to say. Peninsula. I was going to say. By the way, for some reason, I don't know why, I start to mimic accents, and especially Russell, an estuarine accent. I in a like. I don't know what it is. Like, I get in a taxi with a contact cab driver, and suddenly I just. I don't know what it is. <laughs> there, yeah, there's exactly. a term it's for that. It's, um, that's code switching. We, we've learned that it? on a previous episode. Yeah. Someone oh, told okay. us about that once. Code switching. It's a cool thing. Yeah. So if I suddenly become like fabulous Cockney, then fine. Love it. But, uh, we're, yeah, so, we're here for you, babe. Tell me about the Debon, Debon Peninsula in Suffolk. So and why is, Suffolk? Why Suffolk? Because I grew up in the Fens, which uh flatlands uh, in Cambridgeshire, not too far from here. Mm-hmm. Um and my family kind of connected with Suffolk and I didn't know anything about it really. And I came to look at this property and it was a, it's an old, it was a shit old, old post office on the, in this village I'd never heard of. Um, but it had a massive ground floor and I use a wheelchair. And so I thought, hello, can't afford to put a lift in. So I can do something, <laughs> I can do something lateral here. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, it's it's quite an amazing village. It's about 200 houses, 200 people or something. Uh, and it's down a road that goes to nowhere, which is really good. And it's kind of not, you know, Suffolk is quite romanticised. Um, what's his name? Constable loved Suffolk, didn't he? Lived in Suffolk. Um, it's quite a romanticised place. But this is kind of agricultural flat. And the road just goes to nowhere. Mm. And so it's quite... Um, it's quite me, because I suppose I'm a bit insular and I'm... Yeah, I I like to be with myself. Um, as uh, and it it was a gamble, and I didn't know anything about it. I thought, yeah, let's just go for it. You know, life's a bit short, I suppose. Um, and all of a sudden, it has just unravelled as the most amazing place I've ever experienced. Really, I mean, most people would hate it. We don't have a shop. We don't have a pub. Um, used to be a shop and a van that you came, but they retired. I think and. And there's, there's nothing. I can go from my, well, it's all one room, but kind of the back of the house, you can see a thin blue stripe that's the North Sea, which oh, wow. is the most amazing kind of constant when you're feeling shit or you're feeling worried about something or anything, just go out there and look at this blue stripe, which you can you know, squint and look at it. I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not a fancy sea view, but you can you can squint and look at it. and uh, And it's remarkable especially kind of being a painter because of 
traditionally, you know, color is such an important thing and, and the color of it changes every day. Um, wow, yeah, so great. it was, it was, it was, uh, it was the jackpot basically, but I mean, it could have gone completely fucking wrong and I'd have been like, oh, I go back to London now, I, I hate this. Um, but it, you know, went the other way and I, I was coming back to London actually, um, to do kind of medical appointments and, and, and psycho analysis appointments and things. And, uh, and gradually I just thought, what am I doing? You know, it, this doesn't, uh, doesn't make sense when I found kind of something I've been able to choose and something which is, yeah, as I say, a lot of people would be like, oh, fuck, get me out of here. But it, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I walk to the sea each day, well, wheel to the sea each day with the dogs and you know, the sea is an amazing thing to kind of just look at. Mm. It's, you know, and I'm, Robert, you were, you went to Margate, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we, we, we all met here in Margate, Valentine's Day last yeah, exactly. uh, 2019. But um, exactly. I, I and was the thinking sea about is amazing, that. No? Yeah, and there's also this idea of so solitary kind of existence that I think both you and I have realised in this lockdown that actually we're quite good with our own company. I'm not and scared of it. Yeah, I, I think I was before, and I'm sure I've realised I'm all right by myself. And there is definitely something about the sea, isn't there? Like on a kind of healing kind of level. But also Even I think the, making your own space as well, creating your own space. Do you know you what? Because, because of my kind of situation being disabled, I kind of had to kind of wait and hope that I'd be able to get somewhere to live that I could get into or I maybe mean, for the first six years after I left uh, the hospital blah blah uh, I didn't have anyone like that and I, I was put into a flat which was great uh, I was very lucky to even get that mm. but to be able to choose something to be able to, to think this is what I want mm. was, was really great and and also yeah the sea I mean especially now today was I feel like we've also hit the jackpot talking tonight because today kind of for me was just spring and the sky was so blue yes. and because it's agricultural land it's just a massive sky it's just sky um which is mad and light which also i don't know i'm not trained as an artist in this classical artist way i don't you know i don't know shit about that but the light that dances off the sea the silver that dances off the sea is the most amazing and i'm sure you feel this in margate because it's the same sea, isn't it? <laughs> sea isn't it? The, the light that jumps off the sea the silver the sea goes when the sun shines just suddenly you've got like a kick in the ass and it's it's real uh, yeah special i have to say it's really special um so yeah i'm very lucky and so that's that's uh yeah that, that that's where i am um, I just said, yeah, sorry if you can hear weird noises. So in, two... in, in, in the background, oh. we can see you on video, but in the background, there's a, one of your works. I can see a, there a portrait he is. in the background. So does that mean that this space that you've built, you a lot of it is your studio? Is Where? it kind of live work? Should I take you on a little tour? Yes, sure. do it. Um, I've just, I mean, can I turn the camera around? No. Uh, so it is <coughs> basically, here is some studioing. Mm -hmm. Right. We're looking at some um, works that are hanging up now. We're now looking at your ceiling, which looks great. Oh, fuck off. Oh. Uh, this, <laughs> so this, what's really fun, is it was the old village shops at the centre of the village. So this is the old shop front, you see. Oh, there's the I old... Do you just, the, the them windows you frosted now, but you would have originally you seen out of those windows, right? You'd have had a lot of locals peering, peering in. Peering in. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also... And then, yeah, behind me is the kitchen, you see. That's a long mm -hmm. unit, yeah. And the living... That's actually a table, Robert. Oh, and uh, there's a living room, so it's just one space. And then through one second, sorry. So you live. This is a live workspace. Yeah, exactly. It's right. all. Uh, I had a studio in London um, that I had to travel to, and it was a bit difficult to do that, to be honest. Especially when you can't walk. Uh, and then through that little door is my bedroom. So it's all. Um, 
Yeah, the bedroom's nice. The, the bedroom's nice because it's completely, it's painted kind of a really dark, muddy brown and it's got nothing on the walls and there's nothing in there because I spend all day looking at things and drawing things and, and, and that. So when I, go, when I go into bed, I have to kind of be in a blank, empty room. Like a tomb, um, yeah. Like it's, oh, well, thanks, yeah. It's, it's a little bit like my grave. No. Yeah, exactly, no. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's um, it's a big live work space, which is great. With two dogs. Well, they've currently got their little How many tongs. Oh, Aww. look, there's so look, there's so Viv. I, I've only so met Viv's Viv. the pug. Viv's Viv the is pug. no Viv isn't just the pug. Viv is like a queen. Viv, Viv is, like rules the country. Wait a sec. Viv is the most important thing that probably has ever happened. Totally. Uh, yeah. And she's really protective yeah. of you, isn't there she? There she is on your lap. Yeah. There oh, she Viv. is. Look. Oh my. Viv, you are a legend. She is though, Ross. Honestly. But sh- and she gets really place. barky. We used to go walking in Hampstead Heath because we both. <laughs> honestly, I... no. But she really is. I I I didn't train her um, in any way, and so she is. Like aggressive and angry, but she really likes me. So I'm lucky. She loves me, and also <laughs> she like she used to run. She yeah. she runs with the with, with your chair, doesn't she? Yes, and yes. she's amazing. I always remember it. We had these this amazing really walks around Hampstead Heath, and she used to bark at anyone that would walk near us. She'd just be like, "Go uh, away, this is us." She, and she walks Get out exactly of between the wheels, right? Yes, so I've got that's the wheelchair. Right. She walks between the wheels, and she. Um, uh, I used to live near Hampstead Heath, and the one of the park wardens I always used to meet in the pub after yeah, that, I remember, I just yeah. bump into her and she said she's Scottish I'm not going to do an accent but she said oh Oliver um, we keep getting phone calls about you I said what oh fuck Hampstead Heath you know what I mean but <laughs> kidding again I can't All right. yeah 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 just can't behave myself um, but and I said oh what for and she, and she said because people phone up really angry and think I'm dragging a pug between my wheels on a lead right and I'm like no 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 the dog's off the lead she just wants to be Contained between there. Yeah. Um, who's and she's no, perfectly she... in sync as well with the wheels and everything. It's unbelievable. Oh, she knows. And, she's and she knows when to start, when to start everything. Oh, there she is. Plop, come here. Ploppy. And that, Plop. no, I've never met Plop. Plop. So you, you named Plop after the barn owl. Exactly. There's a really good book for children that I am. Um, I'm not that good at children, but subsequently I buy every time someone has a child, I just send them this book. Um, and it's called the owl, the owl That Was Afraid of the Dark. And it's... I listened when I, yeah, when I have a bit of trouble in the night or something, I listen to it being read. Oh, and you? it's basically about an owl, a barn owl, baby barn owl <laughs> that was afraid of the dark. And he kind of gets, his name's Plop, and he gets told, um, you know, that the dark isn't frightening. And, and it, I think it's probably quite a parable for life, really, but it's a children's book. Um, and when I kind of looked for Plop, she was a Plop. <laughs> It was either going to be plop or dollop, and you can't call a dog dollop. So. <laughs> uh, no, who yeah, reads, so, reads the audiobook? Is it like Stephen Fry or something? No, yeah. oh. uh, it is random. I've got no idea. Okay. It's not. It's not. Right. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I wish it was. No, I don't wish it was actually because it'd be too exciting. But no, it's. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It, so I got her. Uh, what about six months ago? So she. She's. Uh, she was kind of the biggest symbol of not wanting to be in London for me. Got it. Because she's a Hungarian Vizsler and they we spend a lot of time outside. Mm-hmm. She needs a lot of running. Um, and so, yeah, so it was, uh, 
Yes, so the dogs are here. So if you hear kind of grunting and snoring and fighting, but actually, it's there. Ol- Oliver, doesn't Viv feature in your work? Because I remember in your studio, there was a work on the wall with a kind of chest of drawers or something. Uh-huh. And then the, the kind of outline of the dog. She, so you've actually painted her, haven't you? I did. Do you know what? It's an interesting story with, with my painting. It's because, um, shall we talk about the elephant in the room now? Yeah, well, sure. no, we can start. We can go back can to because you're you talking about Viv, and actually, when I was looking at your website earlier, when you click on the about section, we're yeah. looking at an image which there isn't any text there. It's two, two benches. You're now lighting up a rolly, and there is a rolly there that's been put out. There looks like a white wine spritzer, but I guess it's a gin and tonic, possibly. It's never going to be a spritzer, is it? It's just a white wine. Thank just, you very oh, much. It's just, and what, it will, and it will, and it will be cubes a, in. a, a delete. Of course, ice cubes in it because. <laughs> White because wine. that bo- because you, you know that bottle cubes. of wine you know that bottle of wine costs six pounds so it's not going to uh, taste yeah, that nice yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and also yeah I think that's fab isn't it no so it'll always be a yeah a nice light pinot grigio that doesn't taste or anything but does the job very nice uh, well but, anyway so you've got these on top of two stools and there's like some spray cans and a staple gun but then we can see the back of a pug that sat there yeah that would be, the yeah. be so she, so and yeah. this is this is like a kind of a self-portrait or everything that is encompassing of your life. When it says about on someone's website, this is you know the what? we're seeing. And it's important because for a lot of different reasons, and probably for a lot, you know, it's not just because she's a cute dog. That, uh, basically, I was uh, stabbed in 2008 by a gang of people, which is why I'm paralysed. And I was in the hospital for nearly a year, and it was a long, protracted process, I suppose, of trauma, and it was very difficult. Um, and a lot of horrible, horrible things happen to you when you're in that situation in the hospital. Mm. And one of them was turning 21. And so my parents come to the hospital and say, what do you want for your 21st birthday, right? And so I know I can use this situation. Obviously, I want a puppy, don't I? <laughs> so so I, uh, at that time, I think pugs were kind of the dog du jour. It was a very fashionable thing. Um, or you know cute blah blah and so I wanted a pug and obviously I didn't get it there and then but from then on whenever something shit was happening I remember when they were because I have a catheter when they were first doing this operation to insert it it hurts like fuck my brother-in-law holding a photograph of a pug in front of my face you know so that that, so yeah I think uh, 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 in my art a lot things that might seem I don't know. They might see. I don't know if they seem light-hearted or even puerile. Ha- have quite a a deeper meaning to me. Yeah, like so, their significant kind of absolutely. moments. Absolutely. So the dog has memory. been the most important thing that's ever happened. I mean, constant, yeah. I call her a cunt, but she's absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. You know, she she was so important. And so coming here and now she's, she's getting old, um, and coming here and and going on a lot of long walks in the countryside. Uh, which can't keep up, has to go on my lap. It, it, it was natural. Also, my dad said, you better start thinking about getting another dog because she's like 11 and when she's dead, you're dead. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so, sad. so, so yeah. So, so, uh, it's not sad. She, she's fine. Uh, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they are the most important things. It's true, isn't it? I, I like smoking and I like drinking and I love my dog. Mm. Yeah. Um, perfect. Holy Trinity. So you Isn't start. <laughs> you start, I know. Well, I know all about the dogs. I've got three here, and and Rocky. I know my, exactly. Oh. Rocky's going to be nine this year, and it is oh. the most terrifying concept Isn't it? ever. I, I can't. Uh, yeah. It's just I'll tell terrifying. you what, though. The vet told me he's seen a pug live to fifteen. 
But Ooh. he said it was fucking awful. <laughs> right, it was a machine. <laughs> I think, yeah, his word was like, it wasn't pretty, but they do, you know, little dogs, little dogs go on, Russell, I won't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he has all organic food all the time. But let's talk about... Oh, fuck off, does he? <laughs> well, kibble, organic kibble, yeah. You know what is similar, though, is that they, they're both very loved, and I think that oh, can God, also yeah. keep, them, keep them going, can't it? Oh, Love God, is yeah. an important Cuddled thing. constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, non-stop, just, yeah, I mean, put on your lap. That's probably why she's really badly behaved. Yeah. And the best, the reason I chose... The Vizsla is because, this is dog talk, they call a, a Vizsla a Velcro Vizsla because they just want to be on your lap and they want to oh. love, even though they're a kind of, they are a gun dog, even though she won't even chase a fucking pheasant, but. You have to she, peel them <laughs> off your lap like Velcro. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she jumps, I've got, you know, on my armchair watching Midsummer Murders and she just wants to be oh. on there, which is really, which is what I want. You know, I, I kind of want that affection from a canine. So, yeah, yeah. So I know, that, I know exactly what that is. Uh, but so, who are the other two? Uh, so Bassets. Uh, yeah, they're a Basset mix, but she was sold as a Basset. We've got Archie and Cooper. And, uh, yeah. there, Here we go. There we go. They were my boyfriend's dogs. So now we've all connected. Yeah. Cohabited. Yeah, exactly. So you started off gorgeous. in fashion, right, Oliver? You, you, back in the day, I you did. started back off. Back in the day. You went One to. Second. You came Biv, from. Biv, shut up. Biv. You came from Sorry. Cambridge uh, and you moved I, to London I, and you went to St. Martin's to study fashion. I was. 18, yeah. and I did a I did an art foundation course. Um, in Cambridge? Some, oh, St. Martin's. Uh, no, no, no. I came to, yeah, I came to do an art foundation course at St. Martin's because I'd read a lot about fashion and, and I was kind of, this is the place to be in. You could have gone to a, um, the local college. And I, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to St. Martin. I really want to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents are like, well, you know, they're just teachers. We have a lot of money or whatever, so... I went to a state school and you go to the state thing, but we managed to, mum gave me 60 pounds a week and uh, mum and dad and we're like, you know, okay, this is, uh, this is what you want to do, which is, uh, they're really good parents. You know, they, they always used to say, do whatever makes you happy. So that's, that's good. Um, and so I went and did the art foundation course and then I, yeah, finished that. They accidentally moved to Leeds for a couple of months, which is a blip. Um, which which brings me on to Russell. Yeah, can I please have Alan Bennett's phone number? Because of Leeds, is because <laughs> because my mother, you see, is from Leeds, and Alan is from Leeds, and he's my dream man. So if we can, Aww. is he? If we is he your dream man? Genuinely, my two dream men, Dave Topney and Alan Bennett. So if Aww. we could, really, if we could, if we could hook up, I think Alan. Good. I think Alan's married though now. Yeah, but I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, they I look just... kind of, they look kind of similar. So I guess it's you have definitely have a type. I've got a thing. They Northern do, glasses. Go. Northern <laughs> glasses. My mum likes them. I think that's it. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, I've got a really nice postcard on my fridge actually, which is a fax drawing or something that David Hopkins did of Alan Bennett. And yeah, uh, yeah. And I just you know it took me a while to remember the you and the history boys. So I'm just Russell Ooh, once took me round um, Alan's starstruck. house. I actually got to meet Alan. Thanks Did to you? We went to Primrose Hill and we went mm. round his house. And I remember we, we couldn't quite find the house for some reason. I think we went to the wrong house first. What? And then as we and then we the found house. him. Yeah, the house. No, it's not as the in... house that's in Van, in the woman in the van. Uh, that's yeah. a different house, isn't it? That's his, that's his house where he lived when the woman... That's the old... Yeah, yeah but he's moved from that house. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, we knocked on the door, we went inside. And it reminded me that when Russ did Tracy Emin's column in The Independent, Alan gave you the writing desk, didn't he, to write at or something. I remember you saying to me... No, I was inspired what? by his writing desk. 
and the fact that he oh. had this desk and that's where and I was inspired by that and that's when I wrote Tracy's column that week and I imagined myself having a writing desk one day. Oh, and that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, so he he, he is from Leeds, well done him. Yes. Um but I went there I didn't like it, but so, then so I was came you back there to... doing the further further course or you were there doing something else? I was doing a course in printed textiles at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'd always thought oh fashion's really great, but I'm not actually very good at it. Um and one thing I am good at I think is drawing so yeah, pr- printed textiles is a way of putting my drawings on fabric yeah yeah um, of course and so yeah it was a way of of doing that um, but you started but... in fashion though thinking that you were gonna do that oh yeah no no so then no then it goes on okay so then I did that for a couple of months and I thought yeah. oh I'm in the wrong place kind of I, d- I remember before my, my great friend Katie who we did some great things together actually we set up a charity and all sorts of things together um and I phoned her up once and said I've drunk like 10 pints aside and I'm dressed up as a student nurse and I don't think I should be here. And so, <laughs> and so I realised it wasn't necessarily, that kind of student life wasn't necessarily for me and actually the course wasn't necessarily for me um, in that way. Uh, one sec. And so then I came back to London. I was like, I need to be back in London. Got, got a job. Uh, I worked at, uh, on the reception in hairdressers, which I was exceptionally bad at <laughs> because... <laughs> I like to not answer the telephone mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was so I used to yeah I used to basically book an appointment like, honestly people would be I'd be like I just you put the t- you put the phone on so it's like someone's on the phone but you're just not no one's on the phone it's just oh no I see you take it off the hook and then you've got this really important job we have to reply to every every person be like your appointment tomorrow is really important but so I just delete the emails and the best thing was. All the assistants were on my side, and there was what like it was a brick lane hedges, wine for the clients, and so about four o'clock, to fill up my mug just with wine. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... and I'm imagining that it was quite empty, quite a lot then, because you no, it wasn't. It was. It in. wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It was a really trendy, annoying hairdresser, and uh, well, the standout <laughs> standout memory from that. This is obviously when I could stand up and stuff. Standout memory from that is I went in. I used to wake up. It was that time. I'd just moved to East London. It was so exciting. I'd just really discovered sex because I hadn't really, I hadn't had sex with a man before or anything like that. So I'd come to East London. It was so exciting. Um, I used to wake up, God knows what time. And I was supposed to open the salon, run down Brick Lane, look, ooh, wearing God knows what. I once went to the salon wearing, uh, wearing hot pants and a vest, as you would. Yeah. And, uh, and the owner came in and said, do you think that's really appropriate to wear here? And I was like, oh, shit. So then, obviously, next day, I just wore a tuxedo with a bow tie. And was like, <laughs> is that appropriate? So, probably a bit of a cunt. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, I know, exactly <laughs> right. Say, no, yeah. So, yeah, so then I came back to London. I was had my heart set back on St. Martin's. Um, and so I was just working away, doing a portfolio that I thought was better. Yeah. Um, drawing, drawing, drawing. And then applied to that, got into that, which was really lucky. Not lucky, uh, really great. Um, because it's, you know, the most renowned place, really. You can study fashion. So I felt really successful then. Mm. And I was about to start. And then I was walking to the pub and got stabbed. So that uh, that put a kind of a blinker in the works, really. You're tw- you were 21 at this stage? 20. Yeah, you were 20. 20. So very young, um, uh, which I, I kind of, yeah, it's a difficult uh, thing, really. Because yeah, I come back to London, and it was kind of this brick lane. It was, you know, it was kind of um, that era of kind of boombox and pony step and all that. And we used to mm. make really fun things to wear and go and, you know, it's actually funny. I, I make little sculptures, and this is in fact 
the joiner's arms. Do you remember the joiner's arms? Of course, yes. I remember. The, I walked past it to play with the <laughs> dogs. Like the, the and I, 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 um, I don't think I'll ever probably show them, but I try and try and ground, uh, give things context by making little models of them or whatever when, yeah. when I'm painting. And I, especially now I've left London behind, and th this place was, yeah, obviously very important at that period. Mm. And uh, as I said, only kind of just discovered really having sex with men and and kind of being liberated in that way, coming, yeah. you know. Um, and it was about eight months, then it obviously got cut, literally, uh, by this attack, which, yeah, which, uh, yeah, which is a fucker, really. Yeah. And I, I remember when I first met you, and we were in the studio, and we spent ages looking at all your paintings, which are often like self portraits of you. So, only, in fact. Oh, only, yeah, well, yeah, except for Viv, though. Viv does appear. Yeah. And well, I also remembered, to. though, other things like on the walls where you had like, like botanical like... flowers and plants at one point you were making, though. Oh yeah, no. Well, so basically, what how it started was um, always need to draw, always have to draw. Got paralysed from the neck down basically by this attack, mm. um, and couldn't use anything. And uh, yeah, for this this scar here, I was on a ventilator for a really long time. Mm. Um, yeah, I couldn't move anything apart from you know my face or my head. Um, and then <laughs> this is a good story. A doctor came in and said, I remember her, she was kind of just like a jolly doctor. Uh, I don't remember a lot from that period because you know, I had a lot of, obviously, medication to kind of placate whatever pain or whatever. And, and actually, they pump me full of morphine, don't work. So then pump me full of methadone, which is bizarre because, you know, it's kind of that, that heroin substitute. So it was, it mm -hmm. was a real kind of a blur in a lot of ways. But I do re distinctly remember her saying, Oh, you left-handed? And I said, yes. And she said, good, because otherwise you would be now. Because basically what, one of the stabs had cut through my spine, but not all the way. And so um, I gradually started to be able to use my left hand again. I can't, my right hand, I can't use at all. It, it doesn't mm -hmm. work. Um, but my left hand I can use. Um, I mean, for a long time, not effectively, but taught myself. Um and so that, yeah, that's that's a funny story, really. You know, oh, are you left-handed? No. Uh, yes, yes, you are. Uh, so good, because otherwise you would be now. You know, I like that. Um, From reading so, your story, Oliver, that it feels like you have been surrounded by such incredible, amazing friends. Yeah. It, what, what I found really inspiring is the fact that the, the hospital had to turn people away because it was constant. There was constant people trying to come and visit you, be with you. And you were talking about your friend, Katie, mm. who you've set up. Uh, a fundraiser with a massive, massive fundraiser with, and you've now amazing woman, charity yeah. with, I mean, and she's the one that pushed you to start drawing again, right? At this stage when you, so like I you was, uh, well, I, I, right. So, like demonstration, this hand, right, this your right hand, yeah, right. I mean, I can't hold a pen. I can't, I can't do anything with, you know, oh, mm -hmm. oh, look, you know, you can't do anything with it. Uh -huh. um, and I remember being in the hospital and flickers coming back in my left hand, and my dad, my parents, who were, you know. You can't ask for more from them. I mean, they are from, you know, rural Cambridgeshire. I was in the Royal London Hospital in East London. They obviously want, needed to be near me. They lived in a caravan for months in, in near there in a campsite because they had a caravan. So they, they, you know, didn't know where to go. So they lived in a caravan and come over, you know, literally like washing my shitty pyjamas and all this shit, you know, all this stuff that a parent should never do to a 20-year-old. Um, and I remember flickers, uh, flickers coming back in my hand mm. and my dad kind of, Welling up a little bit. I mean, not too much. You know. 
and thinking, you know, this is actually, I suppose once the initial trauma was settling down, things were coming back. And yeah, flickers in my left hand and thinking, wow, that that's uh, cool. And then it wasn't until I went to Stanmore, which is a spinal um, rehabilitation center, I suppose. Um, and I'd avoided it for a really long time. And it was trying to make my left hand functional, basically. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it wasn't necessarily to do with drawing or anything like that. You know, the, the physios are like, you know, or, or occupational therapists, you know, trying to feed myself or pick up a drink or mm-hmm. um, hold a cigarette, not. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, and so I've got them here and they're framed. Yeah, so this is, this is exactly they're in what frames I wanted to say. on the wall. Exactly. So at the end of the studio visit, after we'd seen all the figurative mm-hmm. portraits and drawings and sculptures and everything, is this you in Suffolk, me, Rob, was... that you went to, or is this when it was no, no, in London? No, no, no. This is in no, London. In, uh, this is... Near Archway. Near Archway. Okay. Okay. I rented this was a studio in for a Kentish bit. Town yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got yeah, got like it. near Hampstead Heath. Okay, yeah. And anyway, so we were there. And right at the end, I was. Hornsey Road. Hornsey Road, that's right. Don't try and glamorise me with your Hampstead Heath. I mean, it was. Well, no, but I walked. Proper Holloway, Russell. I walked to you, I think, from. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. There you go. Um, anyway, right, Hornsey so. Road, Hornsey Road. And right at the end, just before I left, I was by the door and there were these two framed works. And I said to mm-hmm. you, what are they? They're extraordinary. And they were these kind of almost like hieroglyphics or something. And then I realised it was an alphabet, I think. So you can uh, talk no, a bit No, so basically that. they're, yeah, so, oh, this is a good one. So basically I was not able to do anything with my hands. Mm. Obviously, at that point, thinking about fashion, thinking about all that, drawing had been the most important thing and done it forever. And, and I had to learn to hold kind of apparatus again uh, um, and try and, and it was, honestly, I can say now the most heartbreaking experience because someone has basically, because st- at this point I couldn't grip anything with this hand. Someone has strapped a pencil to my hand and I'm trying to connect a pencil with paper. And I've got no fucking idea where the paper is and where my hand is in relation to each other because the feeling hadn't come back in that way. And so I was just, swooping blindly and it was ju- it was the end i mean i couldn't do it but then gradually kind of practice 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 i mean so this is this is just this is just some letters me trying yeah. to use a pen it's trying to write a card to my mum i think because it says it says love mum underneath you know yeah. and, and they they um yeah and the, uh, where's the other one so yeah, that one for the listeners because they can't see that but it was a, a oh, line of a's sorry repeated and then a few b's and then the word love 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 yeah and then here's me try third of not third of february 2009 so yeah so that's got stabbed on 28th of august 2008 so third of no which third march and so yeah here's me like trying to write my name you see that's right yeah basically illegible but it is um Yeah, yeah, so, so it's, it's Oliver it, John Hemsley. Oliver, John, it Hemsley. Oliver John Hemsley over and over again, trying to practice putting a mark down mm. and not oh, blow my own trumpet, but previously being quite proficient at that. And then going to that is shit, yeah, basically. You know, and, and so it broke my heart. Um, but then I, as you say, I was surrounded by an incredible group of people and... and there wasn't any question that I wasn't going back to St. Martin's. I mean, I was. You know, people would say, St. Martin's themselves, most amazing two two people. My my uh, friend, Willie, who was the head of fashion at St. Martin's, she's such a good friend now. She, she comes to stay here. And in fact, good story, didn't have any money. And I went around and said, I'm buying a cottage. I need to renovate it. Her husband, who was the most incredible architect, uh, like shop designer, started all these 
I mean, you should do an episode on him, the stories he tells you about, you know, the 80s in New York and kind of um, all these amazing jobs he's done. And, uh, and I said, I've got a cottage, Willie. I don't know what to do with it. I really need an architect. And she said, oh, Ted will do it. Won't he? And he just looked at me. He's the most rude man in the world. And just said, I fucking won't. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, oh, no, what, what? And then about a week or half later, he said, my wife's instructed me. I need to do this job for you. And... Uh, didn't charge me a penny no that's hard. amazing and i've got this amazing place so yeah, yeah so i mean incredible yeah so willie and my friend sue who's unfortunately really sick and it isn't gonna be with us much longer in, in hospital so she probably won't even yeah um which is horrible because of covid so we can't go and see her but those two you know were absolutely in touch saying your places with your your place because i was about to start the fashion print again print degree your place is with us forever and, and whenever you want to come back do it which which is you know an amazing gift as well it's a remarkable yeah. thing for them to do and to be so invested in that um so i owe a lot to those two well, invested in you so so when did you get the feeling back enough and you felt like you were able to it be, took a be, while yeah um i mean it's still not you know i still sometimes yeah, yeah I, I do i've started actually every morning doing the draw because Basically, when you're paralysed, you can't do anything with yourself. This is something I want to say, actually. The, the reason I love to be an artist is because it's genuinely the one thing that I can do, <laughs> um, is to make art. And, I mean, literally, I can't have a shit. I can't have a piss. Someone does all that with me. You know, I've got a full-time carer. The whole thing is a fucking nightmare, basically. I mean, she's wonderful, but it's a horrible situation to be in. You know, I can't walk. I can't, I, I can't lift things properly. You know, there's all this shit um woe is me whatever but the one thing i can do is is make art and i think that is a power that i've got mm -hmm. and it's still a power i'm kind of learning to try and use because another thing which which kind of if i'm talking about myself too much but the one <laughs> thing is is, is there's two, there's um th there's a power in being able to do something and the one thing i think I used to have wanting to go to St. Martin's, wanted to be this guy, was was about wanting to be the best at something. I wanted to be really successful, wanted to be really good at something, okay? And when you've got nothing and everything's been taken away from you by an act which is, you know, being stabbed, it's a senseless thing, it, it doesn't make sense. And when that's all been removed from you and you have to think, oh, I can't do anything, are you? And when, when you realise there is something you can do, and especially, I'm so lucky, like, I think about this hand so much mm. and I worry about this hand so much and I think if I ever have like a twinge in my fingers I'm like oh fuck please don't like this hand is the most important thing mm. you know th this one fuck off but this one you know it, uh, and being able to do that and being able to do something for myself and being able to spend a whole day in my studio with myself um, and make pictures and draw things and, and paint things is a privilege and it and, it, and it's something that I, no one thought I'd be able to do. I mean, at the start, I, the, it was uh, kind of prescribed that I'd be on a ventilator for the rest of my life, you know, it, because it was that high an injury. It's a really high level injury, you see. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was. What yeah, actually, was what actually of, happened to you, Oliver? What actually was the incident? So I was, as I said, I was uh, back in East London, having a fabulous time, uh, kind of finding myself, I suppose, in the way, um, it's important also, I suppose, at this point, that I'd never actually come out either as a homosexual. Like, I'd never... Um, I, when I went to Leeds, I met one man on 
it was gaydar then and yeah. I was kind of exploring things and I'd been with women previously it wasn't like I was I didn't feel like I was uh I didn't force that I wasn't forcing sex with a woman but um I met one man on and it was on gaydar I remember going there and literally like kind of lying in this bed and he just sucked me off and that was it and I was like okay that's fine that's good I'm gonna <laughs> That's lovely. I'm going to go now, see it and say anything. You know what I mean? Really weird. Um, and then kind of coming to London and East London at that point, where, as I say, it was kind of club kids and it was really a join his arms and the Georgian dragon and, uh, and these amazing places where you could kind of go and be anything you want to be in and be yourself entirely, which is, well, yeah, which is really cool. Um, and as I, you know, also sex was such an important part. Um, uh, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and all that, and it was really exciting time. And I was living in Arnold Circus, you know, in, in Shoreditch, mm-hmm. um, in a flat. And yeah, I was just walking to the Georgian Dragon, in fact. Um, and I don't remember the incident, thank God. But I was kind of confronted and stabbed a lot by kind of a gang of young people. Mm. Um, I do, yeah. I think the brain's re- a really good thing. And I don't remember most things. I, I do sometimes have difficulties if there's really bright lights on my face. I wonder if that's something to do with it. Um, I'm feeling cold. One thing I remember is, one thing I, the only thing I remember is basically it felt like all, like freezing water was running through my entire body. And that was it. Um, by the way, this is world exclusive. Uh, no, um, but yeah, so it felt like that. And, it, and, and I don't remember any of it. And so, you know, next thing I know, it's, Weeks later, I, and I um, woke up in the Royal London Hospital, which thankfully was around the corner because when I when you get stabbed, it's obviously very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and they sent out the air ambulance, but on a in a car, and realised I was in the shit and raced me to the hospital. And when I, it's a quite. I mean, it is quite a good story. So it, uh, forgive me for labouring over it. Um, and I got there clinically dead well done and so I wasn't alive and they take you straight into theatre and they do something called a clamshell thoracotomy whereby they cut across your chest lift up your ribs pull your lung because basically when you get stabbed there's too much pressure around your heart so it can't beat right that's where you die because your blood's not going anywhere pull so cut across lift up your ribs part your lungs take your heart out Give you a little rub, hope it comes back. Mental, like absolutely insane. What medicine does? I mean, it. it it's amazing, it, yeah. I do. I do always. I like it because I'm so lucky. I mean, I think it's about fifteen percent chance of survival from that, or something. You know, or ten percent, or something. It's mad, mm. and so that is amazing. The proximity to the hospital, I think, was probably the key player. Mm. The surgeons, amazing. What was his name? I can't remember. Anyway, amazing. Royal London Hospital. Trauma. Like, amazing to get, like, amazing to get stabbed next to someone that's amazing at that. And they've yeah. done stab victims. You know, it's lucky um, if you can call like it luck. They were world-leading kind of specialists, weren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so that, so then that was okay. And I was in a coma for a while and all that. But then, unfortunately, they're kind of doing s- scans. And uh, my dad told me after that, you know, then they realised that they kind of bisected my spinal cord, which meant... I was obviously paralyzed. Um, so yeah, that was another another shit. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's uh, it's something. 
to have happened to someone i mm. think and it and it's um and it yeah it's certainly i spent years pretending it wasn't a problem mm. <laughs> and it didn't affect me any it's, i as Russell said, I've been surrounded by the most amazing people. Mm. I mean, friends, amazing. And my family are insane. I mean, I don't know how people can deal with that. I always say, thank God it happened to me because I w- would not have been able to cope with it if it happened to someone I knew. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. And, and, and so kind of due to that and due to them being amazing, I refused to believe that it would have any kind of repercussions on my mental health. Mm. And, and also because physical recovery, getting this hand back, you know, anything like that was so important mm. and focused on and wonderful that oh yeah I didn't let didn't let my head get a look in really yeah so from that moment that that doctor said to you that are you left-handed that 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 kind of almost planted a seed in your in your mind that was like yes I am left-handed and then it becomes like a a goal because the thing I've always been striked about you is the determination you have like this I don't know if that was necessarily the point because at that point I was absolutely fucked and I was Ah, okay and I was also not that aware of things because I, I think all the medication and stuff. So, but, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it did because I can. There's one thing I can really remember. Right, right. Um, but it was. And also early. because, also because it is quite funny, and I think that humor, for me anyway, what I've learned from I recently went to a therapist. What I've learned from that kind of covering things up with humor is one of my best tactics. Um, and because that's quite a funny thing to say to someone that's just been fucked forever. Mm. You know, it, it obviously, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Um, but then I wouldn't, I wouldn't entertain the idea for a really long time because I felt so incapable and I was so incapable, I think. Mm-hmm. And also because it was so painful to even think about not being able to make a drawing again or, you know, even, even if it goes down to something really, so I remember trying to write this car for my mum, you know, even being able to do that and my handwriting, I was always proud of my handwriting, that kind of thing, or, um, I always, I still do it now, make little things for people's birthdays, you know, little, you know, that kind of thing. Not being able to create something is really difficult. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it, in my head, it would have, it would have planted that kind of, well, this is, this is, this is what I've got. Um, but at the time, it certainly didn't seem like that. At the time, it was kind of like, where am I going next? What's happening next? Well, yeah. Where am I? What's oh, going on? Yeah. But you managed to yeah. find an incredible way to channel a positivity into helping other people in 2011 you set up an incredible yeah uh fundraiser event which then grew and grew and grew called art against knives can you talk a bit about that how that came together um yeah well katie good old katie katie door katie door wonderful woman um they said i i said to her earlier if they ask me who my favorite artist is i'll say it's your daughter sunday it's not Aww. she's shit she's only two <laughs> like sh- <laughs> She's only two. She can't draw Oh, she's anything. two Any- years old. Yeah. She's I mean, the she, new... She's the she new can't icon. draw anything, but I get a lot of pictures of them. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, bless. No, anyway, so Katie set up this thing. Basically, I was kind of unbeknownst to it. Um, and I was in the hospital bed kind of languishing and not knowing what the fuck was going on. And it started out to make me some money because when you, you know, you need some money. I've got to... I've, I'm in a shared flat. I've got to get out of hospital and start a life. Mm. What? You know? Um, and then there was this incredible response from it all. Kind of the art world looked in. Um, I've got a really good memory because we had an auction. and Bizarre, Katie managed to get all these artists, all these fashion designers. This, this um, auctioneer came from Sotheby's and, and kind of duetted with Johnny Wu. And he they did the auction together, which was mad. Wow. And obviously I'd just kind of been wheeled out, put in, like, I think, was it 
Lulu Kennedy, a fashion she gave some kind of jacket I could put on so I didn't look shit in the photos. It was like wheeled out. It was totally overwhelming experience and just feeling really loved and really also though made some money so it was handy. But um, Yeah, because you had artists like Wolfgang Tillmans and Tracy Emin and kind of really well known. The Emin the, the story is a really good one because she gave some pictures, right? She was standing there. I was like, Tracy Emin. Tracy Emin's Aww. next to me. Standing next to my mum, my mother, who is a very good woman, very important to me, just went, well, I don't think it's very good. And I was literally like, she's next to you, woman. That is, tr- like, that is Tracy Emin. Like, that is Tracy Emin. What are you talking about? Oh, no. Obviously, I think if you could have picked on an artist, Tracy would be able to take it. So it's okay. But I was just sat there like, oh, mum, come on. She's but Anyway, these people have given us amazing things. Yeah, Auntie Gormley, exactly. Um, yeah, and Wolfgang. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And everyone, it was mm. it was really overwhelming in that respect. And so then we kind of had that impetus and I got out of hospital not knowing what to do. And Katie was just like, come on then, get to the office. And I was like, what? Until they get to the office, we've got, we've got to continue this. I mean, we had this response from this. And at that time, knife crime was kind of, <laughs> my mum again said, well, you did get stabbed in summer and it was very in vogue, you know, like, like it would, I think from what I can remember, it's kind of the start of knife crime is really getting into the public eye perhaps. I mean, it wasn't, but do you remember about 10 years ago, a lot of people got stabbed, you know? Yeah, but even, even now, people there's, have always still, been there's still a discussion oh. about knife crime a lot with, um, mm. you know, schools and young teenagers absolutely. and young people. And often it's people that know each other and things like that, you know. It's can, heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, really, yeah. it's really difficult. And actually the charity is not something I do anymore because I, yeah, I, I kind of decided to go my own way. But for a, for a few years, yeah, exactly. And she kept the office. And then we realised kind of we had all this, these access to these, at the time, I was like, you know, these amazing people who are interested mm. in it. And, you know, unfortunately it took a tragic instant to get people interested in it, I suppose. But we had to use it and we had to do something. And now, you know, it's a, you know, it's a standalone charity now. And, you know, they work with tons of young people the whole time in North London and uh, run nail bars with young women. Uh, women are particularly important, I think, to the charity because you know there's not a lot of provision really but um it's for communities thing, isn't it it's like helping young people yeah exactly young people basically I mean, kate and i uh fine we're state school kids but we're middle class backgrounds that were culturally enriched really culturally enriched actually mm. um and a lot of people did not have anywhere near the opportunities we have for god's sake mm. um and you know there's there's a lot of trouble especially in london and so it yeah it, it became it still is this this wonderful thing that that does good, um, and it, and it's called Art Against Knives because it's about creativity, you know, creative products. So it's it's not just obviously art. I mean, uh, art is art is you know taken down to the fact that nail bars with young uh, women that come you know on this uh, couple of estates in, in North London who learn to become nail technicians and mm. obviously through Give that them a skill, to, yeah. Yeah, but also talk to other people and talk to other women and talk, you know, and and, and all that. But but and also you, music projects for young people are, are all sorts. I mean, I I'm not even that informed about it because I sit in my studio making paintings. But you know, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of um, it's kind of encompassed more more creative fields, hasn't it? Now, absolutely, that, that's what it's about. Yeah, and I think that's because Katie and I believe that, that we, you know, she she was studying textiles at St Martin's, and, and um, we came from a really creative background. And I think that's a really important thing to be able to do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com But you know, um, there, there's something about that whole thing, because, you know, during your recovery and that, those years afterwards, you sort of trying to help other people while, you know, you were going through that really says a lot to me about you, because it's <clears> the <throat> one thing I always remembered about meeting you was A, how open you were, but B, how generous you are. And like in the past few years, you know, you've posted me a, a unique one of your works. You posted Russell you know what, a though, unique one you. of your works. Do you know what, though, Robert? That was one of the first nude self-portraits, so I'm going to buy that back when I'm a big boy. Was it your first ever <laughs> It was the second. Wow. Uh, I remember one. seeing it in your studio and I, it was my favourite thing and I've actually got it in my phone. Do you know why? Of it because I was trying to get some attention for myself and I posted it to a gallery I won't name and they just returned it. Saying, they returned it? They returned it saying, big gallery, saying, told me this actually, saying yeah. we don't... Uh, we don't take submissions. We don't, no, we don't. We don't take submissions. Uh, we only represent artists that have had previous experience or something like that. And I thought, all right, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's a really important picture. So just watch this space because I'll probably give you loads of money for it. One day. Well, let's talk about these self-portraits <laughs> then because the self-portrait for you, Oliver, is a huge theme of your practice. It, it, there is one subject, Russell. There is, but there, there is, it's you, but it's it's ob- obsessively from all different angles. There's this whole series that I've seen your website of pen and ink drawings mm-hmm. where it's like your body, you're moving your body by like a foot each time and redrawing yourself and really getting mm-hmm. to know yourself. What is that that process like and is it constantly revealing parts of yourself through the drawing process so basically it's coming out as disabled that's that's what i've kind of reduced it to right and the fact that i don't want to slate the gays but being a gay man is a hard thing to do when your body's fucked right and because there's a lot of impetus on i'm not very good i don't have a good relationship with social media and i found that really difficult actually Mm. kind of um having a body that was acceptable and my body is completely different to anything I've ever anything I've ever seen before I mean the deformities and everything is extraordinarily weird um you know not something I get along with but I'd I remember you know sending pictures on Grindr right and like dick pics or whatever and making sure that the catheter wasn't in it you know and and kind of making sure you couldn't see the scar and making sure you couldn't see the fact that this this is not how it should be and and it it um and it, and as you say, there were the pictures of flowers and pictures of dogs, which I still think are important because that was drawing and that was producing things. But it kind of, it took a really long time for me to kind of take a deep breath and think, actually, I want to represent this body mm. and I want to kind of come out as a disabled person. I want people to see mm. this body. Mm. And I want, you know, it, it sounds a bit dramatic, I suppose, but I want you to see that it's not okay. And I want I want you to see what's happening. I want you to see... Not that the body's not okay, I didn't mean that, but you know, the, the situation I'm in, you know, the, the, the fact this has happened to me, I want you to see that. And I, I want you to see that for me, this is hard and that this is, it, yeah, impossible. So a lot of the time, 
especially when I was doing kind of really big paintings, a lot of them had masks on because I wasn't ready to yeah, reveal right, it was yeah. me. And I wasn't ready to reveal it was me, which is mental because obviously you can see it's me. But for mm. me, I I went to recently started going to do some therapy, which I think it was a it took a long time on the NHS, so I had to wait a while. Not that the door is a cunt joke. Uh, you can't say that on a podcast. Um, but you can, you can. <laughs> there's not enough provision for mental health and we need people to be helped more. Anyway, for that, I started going to that and I realised that I feel totally disassociated with this body, right? So mm-hmm. this this scar is a symbol. So this is the scar when I was on a ventilator for months. It's a symbol. My face... This is on your throat, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. A, 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 exactly a ventilator. So a tracheostomy, because so, I couldn't breathe. For a long time, mm. unaided, um, and yet, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. But this, so this was a symbol of the, the body. I realised talking to this therapist that I don't feel associated with this body, and so I can represent that. And actually, I always put a mask on. A lot of the time, I covered my face, and it was kind of not necessarily clear who I was. And then I suddenly felt brave enough after I mean, maybe only a year ago or something, really, to kind of get this get my chops in it and actually kind of be accountable for who I am and, and what that is. And it, it, um, I went through a very difficult period a couple of years ago, really horrible m- mentally. And uh, my, amazingly, my oldest friend I met when I was 11 in India, and she, she was, she's a pro- doc- doctor, professor, something. She's a, and also a lecturer, a psychologist, psychotherapist. And, and at that time, she saved my life countless, probably countless numbers of times. And at that time, we talked a lot and I realised honesty was such an important thing. Mm-hmm. And actually kind of, although I love the drawings of Vivian, I love I love the interiors I'd done and I love that kind of shit you could put on a wall. Actually, I need to be honest and I need to kind of present this. And, and actually the body, exactly. I, wa- I wanted to put it out there and for people to see that I kind of underneath my clothes and underneath my you know, this facade, exactly, this mask, I suppose, this humour, this this kind of, it's all all right, it's all fine. You know, it's been 10 years saying, you know, people would be like, do you want to go to a therapist? No, of course I don't. You know, do you, do you want to, you know, has this affected you mentally? And people always say, oh, isn't he, like, isn't he just really cheerful considering what's happened, blah, blah. Inside, I'm fucking dying, you know what I mean? But mm. you can present things. There's a, a quote, I can't remember, I should have written it down. Oscar Wilde said, when... Um, you ask a man or something to be honest, he never will, but give him a mask and he'll show him true, his true self, right? Mm, yes. And so I started working on pictures with masks on and that was when I really, I'd draw myself, yeah, but when I could really, you know, they're massive. They're, they're life-size, exactly, aren't they, a lot of them? Yeah. Well, interestingly, they are, exa- I'm a very tall man, 196 centimetres tall. Mm. And even though they're pictures of me, like these ones I'm talking about, pictures of me lying down, they're two metres long. So I, I when I present them at some point, I want them to be presented as if I'm standing up because that's how I'd like to be. And also the fact that they are the height of me. And yeah. actually we worked out that for me, height was quite an important thing. It was quite important to be an imposing height and being a tall man. I don't know why. I worked on that talking to the therapist. Yeah. And so, yeah. So so the body, um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. And, and yeah, as I said, there's only one subject, but I haven't, Got bored of it, yeah. Well, let's so, talk about the process yeah. of how you create these portraits. Then, so are you you're, yeah. you have a big mirror set up, and you're you Absolutely have paper. Not. And, so, no, <laughs> so no. how are you? How are you? Are these self portraits from imagine imagines? Absolutely not. I, I don't have that imagination. That's why. Like, oh wait, let me try and show you. Yeah. So I've been having. This you, is you're on the floor doing them, Oliver, right? No, or you, I'm not on the floor. 
What do you mean? I'm on, what, lying down. Where were you doing them? Are you on a bed? Are you, Are you fucking mad? No, no, no. They're they're all. Um, I have thousands of photographs of my body. Right. So when did um, you take the photographs? When did? How did that all? So wait, wait, wait. So this is a little sculpture I've just done. Yeah. Based on trying to contextualise things, because so this is I have this recurring dream of being in a really unsafe urban environment and people are standing in my way, which is probably about being stabbed. Um, and because I believe, yeah, my imagination isn't. I can't draw, I can't just draw something from my brain, really, I think. So this, this, this was to start making drawings to ground them, I think. Mm. Anyway, that, that was a tangent that didn't work. Yeah, but, uh, but I remember in your studio, you had small, kind of, like, almost the size of your hand, um, sculptures of your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were, like, these kind of, like, like Russ was saying, lying down, but that you were, like, a lying down figure. Yeah, that's why I assumed that you were lying down with a mirror oh, in front of you. No, 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 absolutely not. Um... I get my carer to take the photographs. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, or I do a timer, but actually I'm really big <laughs> and long. And so she, very kindly, it took, that was another thing because you can't do shit for yourself. That was another thing. It took me a long time to say to, feel comfortable enough with the carer to say, I'm going to kind of sit here nude, potentially masturbate, whatever. Could you take photographs so I can draw from them? And I've got, yeah, on my, on my, thing there's must be thousands now of photographs that right. I flick through of myself in different situations mm. um yeah so they're all from photographs because I mean it'd be impossible wouldn't it if there's a big mirror and then I'd yeah it wouldn't work I don't know I, I can't stand up so <laughs> I yeah, no I sorry I assume because because they were lying down no, I assumed no, 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 that no, you no, had no. a mirror on the floor and you were or on a bed and you were lying sideways mirror on the ceiling Russell oh there we go yes yes of course <laughs> But you, so you were talking about you had masks on before. Now, there's there's a lot of quotes that appear in your website and your Instagram, and one of them says, no longer the faceless figure. So you were talking, which is like sketches yeah. that you've written in your studio. So I, I assume that this is a time when you made the decision that now going forwards... Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because you have but a lot being of brave, Being brave enough to... Yeah, writing is a weird thing that I never thought... I've written down somewhere, actually. They're all on the wall. Like, yes, that's right. It's Draw Your They're Fear, all... I see a red. Yeah. And then there's but one I that mean, says, Fags, Wine, Tina Turner, trying to make sense of this. Right, so that's because... Right. So I talk about everything too much. So, uh, a tangent. So, basically, remember the last thing you said? The Tina Turner thing's a good thing. Um, because I spend all day drawing and painting, mm. listening to quite tame things, like... Yesterday it was Kenneth Williams reading, is it Kenneth Williams? Yeah, reading uh, Will in the Willows. Oh. You know, something like that. Yeah. But actually, as Mr. Toad's so annoying, I turned it off. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, honestly. Yeah. Um, but so I do that all day. And then I kind of, especially if I'm working on a big picture and I just stagnant and it's boring and I've kind of spent all day. And then it gets to 5.30 and I neck a glass of wine, light a cigarette and put Tina Turner on. Mm. And spend the entire evening drinking wine, smoking and singing. What's your favourite Tina Turner song? Well, Steamy this window. is interesting. Uh, no, this is interesting Steamy because window it's not even one. Tina Turner. It's it's the soundtrack of Tina the Musical. Oh, heaven. Which was the I've best thing I've twice. ever seen in my life. Yes. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So I went I went there with my friend Suze and I had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been a Tina fan anyway, but it was insane. So now Adrian Warren, I think it was. She, I yeah. mean, it was, she was Tina. She's incredible. It was mad. I didn't know what to do. I just, I was, I got told off again, as per, by someone behind me said, excuse me, could you, um, 
could you maybe stop dancing along because it's getting in the way? And I turned around and I was like, it's proud Mary. There's no way I'm going to be sat still. <laughs> and so I, in the interval, I complained to the usher and she took me into a little box. So fine. And, uh, and oh, so, wow. You got your own box to do your dance. I know. Love just that. so I could lose my shit and have the best time and just love dance and scream show. along to Teen Tennant. And it's so good. And so it's not even Teen Tennant. It's, it's that soundtrack mm-hmm. that I listen to every night, every day mm-hmm. when I'm, Painting, there's nothing else, I'm afraid, Robert. I know Robert's a music aficionado, so it's, it's a bit, um, yeah. So I do that, and it, it, exactly. But uh, yeah, I write things down all the time on the wall, especially when I'm feeling mm-hmm. them. And actually, then I kind of publish them, not publish them, write them down in a book mm-hmm. or in, in on sheets. Because I suppose they're an artwork in themselves. And it, it's, um, yeah, it's about, it's about what I'm... What I'm feeling about your saying. interior, yeah, absolutely. I, I always remember there being these kind of like blue plaques, like blue canvases that you wrote. Yeah. You wrote very personal kind of yeah, diary entries in red paint. Like yeah. I remember these kind of very confessional. Is, yeah, is that something you still do? Um, yes. Have to remember to hide them though, because I've got I've got quite a lot of. This is why it's quite interesting to, to do this. Actually, mm. I, I um I was saying to my mum, I'm doing this podcast. And she said, you know, are you prepared to talk about yourself yet? Because actually for 12 years, I haven't done this. I haven't spoken about mm. anything like this. And and actually at the time I got stabbed, the media kind of, it was out of my control and it was really weird. I mean, it was like victim of this, you know, victim mm. of that. You, I didn't have, you get phone calls, timeouts writing a magazine about knife crime. Have I got anything to say? I'm like, what, yeah. what, what, what? what? Um, I, I, I had do... the same thing with my brother when my yeah. brother died. Exactly the same thing. And I just spoke about it on the Griefcast podcast. Because yeah, absolutely. You forget, but isn't... you forget all that stuff, don't you? In a way. Well, it's no. Well, I was really careful. I, I mean, I'm blowing my own trumpet, but I was like, God, if I wanted to kind of cash in on this, I could have sold loads of stories about being a victim and stabbed. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. I want to live my yeah. life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are there. There's actually a big roll of pictures. I think probably in, I've banished it to an upstairs bedroom, and, and on the outside it said these pictures hurt me too much because I can't look at them, and because I made them obviously at a time when I was really hurting. I think, and and. I'm not ready to, I'm certainly not ready to share them. I'm not, you know, not ready to, to do those. But then other things that I feel, you know, as I say, it, it's um, no longer the faceless figure was kind of a turning point. So you mean, you mean, you mean artworks that you yeah, made absolutely. that you can't look at? Wow. No, they're in a, they're in a role because, you know, they're at a point whereby, you know, really desperate times. I didn't want to be here or whatever, you know, it's all this kind of dramatic shit. And, and I am in such a different place now that, yeah. Yeah, they're rolled up and away. And I think they will come out at some point. Um Yeah. And they'll be important and they'll be interesting. But for me, I think, yeah, I don't know. We'll get them out and we we'll get Rob's drawing back that you gave him and that goes yeah, to but... the show. Are, are you in the studio every day? Well, it's literally next to my kitchen. Right. But are you working every day? Are you drawing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean lockdown started and I found it a bit hard. Yeah. Um and actually I'm oh. Currently, I got given once by Anthony Gormley a drawing and I'm trying to sell it <laughs> so I can build a studio in the garden because I make very, when I'm making work, it can be really difficult and hard and personal and yeah. sad. And, you know, as I say, I love a carer and I lo- like having, you know, my parents have been really great in lockdown and they kind of isolated themselves because I've been shielding so they can come and see me and do that but actually I, I feel like there's a place I need to be where I can really close the door and do it on my own mm-hmm. and at the moment that's fine because I, obviously I just say to the, the carer could you go out or could you know could you stay out of the way mm-hmm. um, which is mostly what they do which is really 
great of them and I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm working all... Uh, so it starts in the morning now um, because I spend a long time on the toilet because I can't have a shit for myself, so someone else has to help me. Um, and so I've got a sketchbook of toilet drawings where I just quickly with a biro start and do that every morning Ooh. just to get my brain going, I suppose, mm-hmm. and my hands going. And then think about what I want to make. And, and then I spend like an hour and a half with the dogs outside. And then I come back in and start and, and yeah, draw, which is, that's another thing, it, it, drawing. There's a beef I've got. I watched a documentary recently and there was a collector on it saying, she said her husband never bought works on paper. And I found that really annoying because I don't do anything on canvas. It's all on paper. Um, it's a weird hierarchy, apparent- isn't it? Well, apparently it's because they deteriorate more and they, they don't, you know, they don't last as long as some shit. And I, I like, find well, the paper is more immediate. It's more the artist's hand. It's more mm. like the, the proper interior Me that too. the message is. Well, I'm always drawn to work on paper. You can't see it, but right now, I wrote this a couple of days ago, and it said a masterpiece, it can be a fast, intimate drawing. Exactly. Okay? And it, it's, that's another thing that boils my piss when people say to me, well, how long did it take you to make that? I said, absolutely fucking irrelevant. Yeah. I've probably, you know, I, I, um, I have to be in in a place to make the picture. A lot of the pictures have got layers and layers and layers behind them. Even if it if the background looks like a black background, it's not a black background because it's been like a week of me painting over things, being pissed off at you, painting, blah, 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 getting annoyed and trying to work out what I'm trying to say and what I want to present. And yes, yeah, so there's a lot of that, isn't there? The hierarchy is a really interesting mm. thing. Yeah, like, mm. don't buy things on paper. You know, it, is it, can't it just be a? I mean, drawing is my absolute forte, and can't it just be a drawing? No, Mm-mm. well, it has to be an oil painting because it fucking doesn't. You know, can it be a small, like the one I sent you, Russell? I mean, yeah. I've got a collection of these things which are really immediate. They don't take any fucking time, but they say a lot and they're, I think they're good. They right? are good. Well, you talking um, about speed. It makes me think of a quote that Keith Haring said where they always said that to him. And he Did said, you watch that documentary on the BBC? No, when was that on? He's number three on my list oh, of yeah. Alan Aww. Bennett, David Hockney, Keith Haring. Oh, Keith, I mean, Keith Haring a, is sexy. What a man. Yes. So oh sexy. And so, But he said about it, speed, people would call him up about how quick it was. And he said, well, they come out fast, but we live in a fast world. So for him, it just sort of made sense. Oh, that, that's a good quote. I mean, I fucking don't. There's no time in the countryside. I, mean, I, just, <laughs> I live incre- in a world. <laughs> yeah, there's an incredible series that I saw of yours, which really moved me and really feels like it's a comment on art history. But from your perspective is, is a series of the wheelchair on its own mm-hmm. and it really made me think of art history and its obsession with the chair going back to van gogh's chair going back to david hockney yeah. doing the homage to van gogh's chair going to like tracy emin's chair how much the like the, the, there's a lot of money in chairs this sculpture that she took around um yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the desert uh, i love those amazing but there's something really uh, the electric chair warhol's electric chair you know there's something yeah. really powerful about the chair and the fact that you've made this whole series and you've given this personality to your wheelchair i think is such an important work it's taken a while to do that though Mm. because it's something i hate and i spent a long time after being paralyzed refusing to kind of be disabled in that way and i wouldn't have anything that had kind of yellow reflective on it or anything that kind of beeped or anything that was a symbol of being disabled and i still struggle with it i mean the wheelchair i'm currently sat in i've had for about six years I mean it's threadbare covered in paint like it's a nightmare but for me to go somewhere and admit that I need another one is still a thing and so actually a lot of the paintings don't have any kind of apparatus in and then the big step for me I think was putting because I have a catheter because I can't piss myself I have a catheter Mm. a super pubic catheter where I piss through it and actually putting that in the pictures yeah um 
And I kind of toyed with it for a really long time thinking, am I attention seeking by doing this? And then I thought, are you fucking mad? No, this is a part of your body, the way that, you know, an odalesque would have their body represented or something, you know. Um, a what? An odalesque? Odalesque. You know, Matisse, all those gorgeous odalesques, the, the nudes, the the women who are sexy. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is that how you say it? I, I don't said know. It right. I've never yeah, heard that. Odalesque, I think. Odalesque. Odalesque. What does it mean? It means a sexy woman. Well, it's like a nude woman, isn't it? Oh, fuck, I probably made a so, show no, is it, is it no, a, I'm going to look it up. Is it a French word? Odalesque. Like Matisse, always. And and, 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 and Picasso, the Odalesque. It's like a, it's a, like it's a sexy, an, a sexy whore. An Odalesque is, is a Turkish word, and it was a chambermaid or a female attendant in Turkish seraglio, particularly the court ladies in the household of the Ottoman Sultan. So that's obviously Odalesque. But if you look at... So Odalesque. Matisse, Matisse, the portraits of women were called Odalesques, weren't they? And mm. I think Manet... Had a good old go with them. All the impressions, um, yeah. I I do love artistry, but uh, I don't know. I, as I say, I don't have kind of an art education, so I don't know that shit. But I do. I've educated myself. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so the, I remember the, seeing the catheter in your work. Yeah. About two years ago, even. That was probably when you first... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I first started it, doing it. I remember it, you mentioning it, it, yeah. Yeah, it was like, well, it's a part of me, and it's kind of... I struggle... I mean, I probably sound... I mean, obviously, I'm coming across really, like, sad and vain. But I really struggle w- with seeking attention in that way about things that I'm not happy about or comfortable with. Mm. And so actually, I thought, it's the same way about putting, I've only put a few words in pictures. And if the, if the pictures are drawings, then I don't put words in them. And, and separate works are words, because I don't know if it's a gimmick. And I, I kind of looked at this cat thing, is that a gimmick? I thought, of course it's fucking not. And I actually made one work that was a portrait of me. And I blacked everything out and then just left the catheter. I remember and that's that. It. I and remember that's that it. Yeah. Because suddenly I kind of thought, well, don't be stupid. That it's part of your body. Mm. Um, and you're not, is it cashing in it? I don't know. But It's not um, at all, but it's also the honesty. And that's yeah. going to connect to, you know, to well, a I hope viewer so. because you're I being honest. So. I think so. I hope so. And I hope, you know, I don't, I don't think it should be shocking. No, it's not. I don't not. think that should be a thing. You know, there's disabilities really... A lot of the time it's quite a shocking thing, isn't it, to people? And, you know, mm-hmm. they're quite a lot of... I don't know anything about it, really. I, as I say, I'm in the countryside. I quit Instagram. I've got it back, though, as you saw. Yes. Just you know I'm still here. But yes. I, I, I didn't like any of that stuff. It didn't make me feel very good. But but there is certainly a degree of... Uh, uh, um, sorry, I'm not being articulate. A... Um, an, a want to present... From art history, the nude, I suppose, but the nude as it is now, and actually not cashing in on on being a disabled man in that way, and actually just do it. The, you're f- you're fearful really... of exploiting yourself, basically. You're fearful of exploiting I am. disability for shock value. I am, and yeah. well, also, I I am. Um, this is another thing we can talk about. Good thing to talk about Gilbert and George, are wonderful men who I know very well yeah they've described you as their third their third favorite artist haven't they absolutely (laughs) they they um, who are the first two david robiliard must be number one no gilbert and george oh Oh. so yeah (laughs) although actually although actually one of them says that and then george says our favorite because they regard themselves as an artist anyway they've been wonderful and i um i in fact spoke to them this morning and they've got their show at the white cube that looks and we're, we're going to be speaking like, yeah. to them. We're going to meet them for the first time. Are you? And we're going to do, yeah, we're going to either do a walk around of that show or we're going to go to their studio, yeah. Well, the, I, they so said we'll when we you. can, 
they said when we can go well i when i said because i got the little oh wait where is it one moment please how did you meet them oliver how did they come into your life i just got this this is your white cube thing ah yes and i spoke i spoke to them this morning they said they said you must when you come up to town we can't wait to take you around but they're they're a bit depressed because obviously no one can go at the moment Um, i know i think it's how did i meet them i wrote to them um Wait, the important point about that for... Sorry, I always do go on tangents. Uh, the important point about that was I said to them, because they've been really supportive of my work, which is remarkable because as they keep telling me, they don't like any artists and they don't, you know, they, they don't they don't follow art, you know, they don't, don't like artists. And, um, and I said to them, yeah, it's really important to me that this isn't a pity fuck. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It must be because I'm a skilled artist who has something to say. And if, you know, because they want to introduce me to all these fabulous people. I've never done a show, you know, and so we're, we're looking. They really, every time I speak to them, they say, we're talking about you the whole time. We want to introduce you to these amazing gallerists that I would never have thought I could, you know, be in touch with. But obviously the COVID. But it was so important, yeah, to say, this is not a pity fuck. This is this is mm. not about the fact that I've been stabbed and I'm a disabled person mm. who's having a fucking go. Oh, isn't he having a go? No, he's not having a fucking go. Maybe he's actually good at this. I don't know. But So, yeah, I, that's one thing that is, it, it does play on my mind. And it's, again, the thing about exploiting, um, I, I uh, you know, Polly Morgan. Yes. Yeah. I um, She works with taxidermy emailed, sculpture. Yeah, yeah. Like I emailed her a few times and she said, your work's great. Like, why aren't you showing it? And I was like, well, why isn't anyone showing anything? Um also because I'm shit at PR and I've got a lot of, I mean, I just a mass work. When you can come, there's mountains of it, but, and I said, and I said, also I'm kind of wary of showing this and showing who I am. And, and she kind of gave me a few words that said, you know, isn't that kind of about being the artist and about what you want to say? And actually that's one of the most important, that the art I believe in and the art I love is all about emotions and all about saying something. And I, I, I don't like being left cold by something that doesn't represent that. I think. Mm-hmm. But, so, so Gilbert so, and George. So you wrote to Gilbert and George partly because you admired their work, I guess. I mean, admired. They're the biggest heroes. It's insane. Yeah. When I was at school. Do you fancy Gilbert uh, and George, Oliver? Or... <laughs> I mean, Are they up there with Alan Bennett? And when you, honestly, when you give them a kiss, because mm. they always give you a kiss, um, they did a sweet thing on the radio and they, said, they always say to me, we haven't kissed a waiter in a year and when you give them a kiss <laughs> they do they do when you give them a kiss they smell so good do they they smell expensive and also <laughs> they give you they don't smell expensive they smell it's probably fucking brew i don't know <laughs> but they made me feel kind of loved and i and, and yeah. it's warmth Aww. and then this kind of you know this uh, that's one thing i think lockdown is really difficult isn't it we can't touch anyone mm. And just giving them a hug, obviously from me kind of immediately being like, fucking hell, it's Gilbert and George, are you mad? Like the first time I encountered them, I was at secondary school, state secondary school, as we all believe in. Thank you, Alan Bennett. No private schools mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the Tate Modern on a school trip and I saw this extraordinary picture called Flying Shit. <laughs> and it was this whole wall Brilliant. and it was a Gilbert and George called Flying Shit and I looked at it and I just thought what like this is what art can be you can yeah. be like again okay I love wine I love fags I love swearing I, I hate censorship I hate all that you know I can't I was getting in trouble for saying the wrong thing but um, 
I saw this and you know, flying shit as a picture. I mean, they're shit. I mean, it's it's their it's mad that yeah, yeah, there is their shit. Yeah. It's mad what you can find. And I went there and I thought this is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen mm. ever. Mm. And then I wrote to them. Um, I got stabbed around the corner, so I think you know there was kind of kinship in there, which is weird. And then they invited me to lunch, um, and it was when I was doing the charity, and I'd handed them a letter because we were doing an auction at Sotheby's to make money for the charity. And uh, I had them a letter saying, we'd love some artwork if you want to donate things. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not something they do. They do, do, do things in other ways, but the artwork they don't. And I'd handed them a letter, they hadn't read it. And then we were having lunch, and over lunch they said, of course we don't donate artworks. And I was thinking, fuck, I need to get that back. Can I somehow take that? Anyway, didn't matter. And then kind of... Um, yeah, weirdly, Robert, at the studio you came to, I kind of did an open weekend when I kind of, I wanted everyone to come and drink wine and look at pictures. So I just got loads of bottles of Tesco Prosecco and uh, hired in some glasses and got loads of people around. And then all of a sudden, Gilbert and George were there. And I thought, wow. fucking. And that was, and then I sold them a picture for fuck all money. Oh. Um, but it was amazing. And then after that, I think they kind of noticed that I made art that they thought was quite good mm. um and so yeah we've been i've been so lucky to be friends with them and be involved you know i've been i've been to the turkish with them you know they go every night and, and that sort of thing and uh yeah as i said it's quite peer support is something i'm not very good at and especially you know when you're disabled you're supposed to kind of make friends with loads of people that are in the same situation and as i mentioned to rob about living here i'm kind of a bit insular and, and i i really like yeah i don't i don't feel like i need to busy's with you because we both can't walk and i met some amazing don't get me wrong met some amazing disabled people in the hospital who i'm still friends with blah blah but um wait what was i saying peership friendship with yes so peer support and so even today i phone them up and you always get a voicemail and they have to call you back because i suppose lots of people probably phone them up and it's because the one behind here is it started as a drawing Mm -hmm. on one bit of paper and it just keeps growing um, oh, so it's like a collage. Okay. You've like sort of added sections to it, and well, exactly because it, because it was supposed to be smaller, and then maybe I'm not skilled enough to make it fit the paper anyway. But it it got, kept growing, and I phoned them up and said, "Who do I go to to get this mounted on a bit of uh, linen so then I can keep it as one, and then it can become a whole picture?" And you know, it was kind of and it was that, and they gave me a phone number and said, "This man's lovely. Give him a call." So I mean, sublime and ridiculous because when I was. 13 in the Tate Modern, looking at flying shit, looking thinking, what? shits. You were there. And, and now, what? <laughs> You're exactly, asking for and, yeah. and exactly, what is now is what, uh, actually, they're really spot, they did, they're setting up their uh, gallery in the centre and stuff, and they, they did actually give me a grant, which is amazing. Oh, last year. mate. So I've been so, buying some paper. Um, cool. But, it, I mean, it's ridiculous, because I've never done a proper show, so basically, and at the moment, because I don't like Instagram very much, and there's so much work here, and so the, basically the two people I show it to are Gilbert and George and my mum. And so it's kind of like not putting my mum down because she, as I said, she tells you what she thinks. But I mean, isn't that ridiculous that my mum and Gil and George are kind of my audience, which, which is amazing for me because it's kind of like they're both my heroes, I suppose. But yeah. So, so later uh, this year, hopefully we should be seeing a show of your work somewhere. I mean, where can people see it now? They can see it on your website because you've got amazing like I mean, bodies of really. work there. Yeah. That's, that's obviously the briefest survey. Yes. And it's funny, in my head, uh, now I'm excited and ambitious i um uh, after the tina turner musical i met india's mum and she said when you were a kid you used to be so ambitious where's that gone and obviously it went because of 
reasons. And so now I've got the ambition back and I'm determined to show these pictures and I want to show these pictures. And so hopefully we can, you know, get them out there and get them shown. Um, but yeah, I mean, on, I mean, the website's just really brief. I'm rubbish at that. I tried to put it together just to show people what I'm about, but everything is kind of in a series in my head. I'm, I'm a fantasist, I suppose. And everything is in, everything's a gallery show in my head. So there's, there's, when I make one picture I like, as you say, there are a lot of different views of it and a lot of different... It becomes a body of work. It becomes a show, wow, interestingly. Wow, wow. And yeah. so so there's, you know, there's, there's I in my head think, and especially in this room, I just staple everything. You probably get in trouble probably because everything's just ripped at the corners and stapled to the wall because that's why I don't work on canvas. I love working on paper because I get really into it and I've got walls. And so I can staple gun it to the wall, the paper, yeah. and fuck it basically and rip it and, you know, scratch it with my nails and, and put paint on it. And you can, and I think... The canvas bounces back, whereas the wall doesn't bounce back and the paper doesn't bounce back. And so I can kind of say that, I think, um, which is why I love working on paper, yeah. Uh, but they're all, they're, I, I made this unit because they're quite big, which is actually really annoying to make big artworks. You've got to store it. Um, but they're all shows. They're all ready to go. <laughs> but, you know, no, they're, yeah, they're, they're, I think that also comes from the fact I don't want to become bored by something. Um, which is also probably why speed is important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, as I say, I can sit for four weeks thinking about making drawings and painting background of it, and and then I can make you know ten drawings of it within a week, and then it becomes something. And I think that yeah, power in numbers and all that. But yeah, yeah. it's it's oh, well, I can't it's wait certainly... for people to discover your work after after hearing us talk to you now. If they don't know your work before, they should discover you. But hopefully, you everybody's going to be able to see your work in the flesh. I do believe now we'll get there. I think we will get there. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, I think the most important thing is that I've got something to say. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, and I think before when I wanted to do other things, I didn't necessarily have anything to say, obviously. And then I got given something quite, quite um, difficult to say. And it is taking a long time to work it. But I think, it, yeah, I think it will get there. And I think it will be exciting, I hope. I, I don't but know. also, I, I, I've always felt like there's a great skill in in your, the, the way that you paint, the way that you, you know, create images. And also you have a great mind. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I, and I think you have a unique sort of perspective on the world, even just as mm -hmm. being human. Like, I feel like there's, I've always connected to your work on a soul level. Like, I think it's really, really sort of authentic and makes well, me think... feel, you know, things like you can be quite flippant about it but essentially when something like that's happened nothing really matters does it mm -hmm. so you know if i get a another thing that bores my piss if i get a frown when i light a cigarette you know you've been stabbed in the lungs and i think wow that's okay because i'm enjoying that <laughs> cigarette you know and or you know i think nothing matters too much and also i suppose that's another thing about the position i'm in where i make a lot of art and put it away uh, and i said text katie last night when i was doing a picture and i wasn't this picture and i thought it was going badly and i said do you ever feel like uh, do people ever feel like they're barking up the wrong tree and this is just bullshit and she just replied saying we don't have to show it to anyone if you don't like it you know and, and, and that's quite interesting isn't it and i think mm. i think i think control in that respect because having lost all control of everything you know fucking even bowels fucking hell you know, uh, having that control is also quite good. But yeah, I, I um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very kind of you to say, Robert, but it's kind of you know, this perspective thing is 
it's not a conscious thing. It, it's, I suppose it's, what does Alan Bennett say? Keep on keeping on, keep I suppose. On, well, that's a good message yeah. in itself. But I, I do think you're incredibly talented and I've always liked what you do, which yeah. is also Same. why I wanted you on the show. Because I just, but which I think I is important. Which I think is important because, I, yeah, I spent a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, to be thinking, an artist, to be talented. Yeah, it's very important. To actually, but also to, to finally to find something I think I can be good at and something I can mm. actually succeed in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is really great, you know, for me anyway, to be like, oh, fuck, actually, this is good. Um, and I spent a long time being representation is the most important thing. It must be representation. And actually, Tracy Emmons' big influence on this is actually, no, it can be really emotional and it can be something I couldn't unlock. And I still, I cannot now. I've spent a year and a half just doing psychodynamic therapy and I cannot talk about emotions. And I will not talk about emotions. But I can spend all this time making pictures while I'm thinking about those emotions and they're in the pictures and that is mm. a way for me to articulate something that which is impossible yeah. to speak about. Yeah. And I think that's that's the magic of power. Yeah, power. That's power, isn't it? And, that, and that, that's that's exciting. And that for me that's exciting. I mean, it's liberating. It, it's it's a release, isn't it? But yeah, mm. no, so I think that's that's, that's inspiring. That's, before we go that's on to our last um, our last questions, who, who, what other artists, um, apart from Gilbert and George and obviously Tracy Emin, I know that they're big figures for you, but who, yeah. who else is there? Who else is there? I'm really I see a lot ex- of bacon screaming, the screaming judges oh, yeah. and, and a lot of paintings. I just finished the Gilded Gutter Life book. I've made a really nice friend in the village and he gave me it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife gave me it for Christmas. Gilded Gutter Life from Francis Bacon. Um, Francis Bacon, I think that book was really exciting for me because I've you know he was snorty oh yeah and uh, I phoned uh Willie and Ted you know the, the Ted who did my house and his wife who was that she was the head of fashion at St Martin's like 25 years amazing woman um and we had a Friday night party last week and just had dinner together on zoom and some wine and I said you know what? I can't wait to be naughty again where we can go out and be naughty and kind of drink too much and say naughty things and do all that and and Francis Bay when I read this book you know he's an asshole really um <laughs> amazing asshole but he lived exactly i suppose it's like gilbert and george you know seeing that picture you can say what you want and do what you want and i think that's really exciting being mm. an artist mm. um yeah so uh i'm really excited about tate britain doing the paula rago oh uh, yes shows. oh yes because i we think yeah she's a massive hero i think yeah. um but then it goes back i i tradition i used to be try and be too traditional and uh, i actually said to, to gilbert because my, I, I could, you know, everyone can make a drawing that looks like a photograph, and I did kind of a bit of that, and I thought this doesn't mean anything. This is stagnant. This doesn't mean anything, and I struggled a bit to actually start making things that were not solely representational and actually were emotional. And and then I kind of just realised, even if I write something on a big bit of paper, it can be amazing. Yeah. So that that took a I, I, that took a bit of of time, but yeah, I do still love kind of representation and 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 and. Um, I tell you what, I, I haven't listened to obviously all of your podcasts um, because I just... Because <laughs> there's just, 120 of them. And I only listen to Beyonce and Britney. Uh, and Tina Turner, yeah. And no, Tina. but Beyonce and Britney in the daytime, Tina Turner in the evening. Uh, good choices. But Lubaina Himid, yes. Himid, that was so... I think I'm really attracted and drawn to people that know it. And she knows it, doesn't yeah. she? She, mm. she is so clever and so... Like well spoken about everything. Yeah, and so, so articulate. Yeah, but also calm. Yeah, it's clean. Which isn't I it? thought she's so it clean. she has a really precise, says, yeah. precise vision and purpose. But and also she's the an work is insane, and everything, and the mm. work's beautiful. I mean, it's just 
The work's amazing, level, but just talk, listening to her, that's why your podcast obviously fabulous, listening to her talk in a way that I just trusted her. And I, th- yeah. I thought you are so, you've got yourself together in such a way that I would never have. I mean, I'm scatty and whatever, you in this way, I thought she, and you know it. And also, I suppose that comes from confidence as well. I think she probably... You win the Turner Prize, you probably get a bit of a kick. Yeah, but she's also exhibited extensively and all that, all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But the other thing is, you are extraordinary. You are special. Like I think you're incredible. No, but I can say that because Russell, he's trying to shag me. I know. (laughs) We we need to hear about how this date went. But before that, Oliver, we're going to have to ask you, like we do every guest, two questions that are incredibly important. No, I listen to this. Talk legacy. Come on, they are horse shit. If you're going to do an art heist, Oliver, if you're so, going to, it's so, got to be flying oh, shits, obviously. You want Jerry, to live Saltz, Jerry Saltz has just said that sometimes talk art is, is stupid, but out of the stupidity you get the dark serpents or something like that. Okay. So, no, do you know what? I wouldn't actually bring um, flying shit with me oh. because I haven't got the wall space. Uh-huh. And the people but, of Suffolk might not handle it as well. <laughs> do you know what? I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. I was. I said to my Richard, you know, uh, Robert, Richard texted me last night being like, get this lockdown lifted. Because the minute I moved here, he said, right, we need to get a Bordsy Pride going on, which is the village I live in. <laughs> sleepy little Suffolk village. Oh my Let's God, we're that. coming. Absolutely. We're getting that going. Palincina um, Pride. Yeah, exactly. You can get like a, you can wallpaper the exterior of the um of the post office with like absolutely, and also there's loads of horses at the bottom of the garden in this field, so just dress them up in like Kylie, like unicorns. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. No, the picture I the pictures I think are big statement. The best pictures in the history of art are Barbara Hepworth hospital drawings. Have you seen them? Oh, oh no, they down. are. Just describe them. Pictures. I think I was reading about it. Her daughter was in surgery or something and she made these drawings of surgeons i don't know if i've got an affiliation with it because of like medical history i don't know but they're the they make want to be sick they're so good they're the sensitive drawings and they're masked gowned hatted people and there's eyes and hands and one thing i'm set like if a man has sexy hands i'm like hands and also i don't necessarily know i think if you're a good artist you're good at hands and i really love hat i don't know and these pictures are honestly the most astounding. They're tiny. They've got this texture. She does something to the board, I don't know, before, and then they're just oiled, I think, the board or something. And there's pencil drawings of kind of surgeons at work, but they're like sculptures at work. So just surgeons have all these tools. And they are, yeah, I think, I mean, if I could take a piece of art, that would, I mean, oh. and I also own my most favourite piece of art ever, mm-hmm. which is by Howard Tangage, you know? Yes, yeah. I love him. I've got, I just got sent his book recently. Yeah, He's so amazing. He, as when I was at St. Martin's, he was the head of women's wear. And, uh, He's brilliant. And he actually picture. drew Emma Gale, Russ. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a, I've got a picture that I got bought. It was, it was funny. It was in one of our art auctions and I couldn't afford it. And someone there, I said, this is the most amazing piece of art. And then I was heartbroken. I couldn't bid on it. You know, it's too expensive. And at the end, she said, I bought this for you because when you first, oh. it's two men kind of hugging each other. And uh, and she said, my son said when you first met him, you gave him a big hug, which was too over familiar. 
<laughs> but he got used to it. And she bought it for me and it was, yeah, it was amazing. So it's in my bedroom, I think. Wow. Men in Love by Howard. Yeah, Howard, is he's a real... Yeah, he's extraordinary. You're the first guest amazing. who's actually living with their dream art heist, I think. That's a... And yeah, also, I, I must mean, just say, I've never Russell, seen Russell, if these... I could fuck off Howard and get the get the Hepworth, I would. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never seen the Hepworth <laughs> drawings before and no. they're extraordinary. Are they geometric? Are they geometric or are they... No, 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 no. They're figurative. They're surgeons doing... They're like surgeons doing operations. But look at them. Look at the hands and look at their eyes. They're completely and look incredible. At, and interestingly, they, they do relate a lot to your work because you, you actually did um, portraits of your own left hand. I remember them. Yeah. Didn't no, you? I love hands. I think hands yeah. are really... One. I say David Hockney is my second dream man, but one of the most disappointing things I've ever read is when I was at Tate Britain. And you know, it's... Um, I think it's the Celia Bartwell couple one or whatever, and their yeah. feet are in the carpet. Mm-hmm. And it said because you couldn't get the feet right. And I thought, don't, don't say that. Oh, so he's put them in a shag pile. Or <laughs> he's put them in a shag pile. At least pile. he's honest. It's all about no, being but, honest. No, but another thing I learned, Gilbert and George said to me, never throw anything away because everything you do is come out of you and it's it's a piece of art, isn't it? So so oh, that was, yeah, that's so that's, so no, but I'll take the Hepworth if you could get that for me. We're going to get that. Be. And the other question we ask every Chuck. guest is, what is your favourite colour? Stupid question. I know it's a stupid question, but out of stupidity, you get genius. Yeah, but what is my favourite colour? I thought about this today and I went for a walk yeah. and So it can't a... be that stupid if you had to spend a day thinking about it. Yeah, well young man. Be- because it could have been I mean oh, I really like I really like blue. No, uh there so there's a track I go along yeah. because a lot of the footpaths around here are not very accessible. And there's a farm track that is the most amazing rust red and plot, the dog, entirely matches that colour. The rust red. The rust red of this path. And Plot was on it today and the sun was shining, which does amazing things to colour. Mm. And I see like, I never thought I would, but I see plants and think that's the most amazing, you know, the sunshine. And Plot and the path of this road, both being kind of russet red, kind of rust coloured. And then on the terrace, I've got a bit of metal that's just rusted. And it's this colour. And I thought today, do you know what? That's a, that's a really good colour. I always think of rust being quite a kind of British colour for some reason it makes me think of people like margaret howell like fashion designers mm, and yes. like and like jumpers that like very british kind of fashion of like, and like North- rust color i love it yes yeah, so i would have yeah rusty a rusty the same color as plot amazing well that's a beautiful answer we, we I, I think before. alice just want to know how your date went by the way obviously you've you struck up me an incredible Robert. friendship what date are you talking about me you and- two had a date yeah, we did actually. We kind well, of went. Wasn't, all, it wasn't we like went a shagging date. Though. It wasn't like a shagging date. Oh, it, was it wasn't like you were set up. I thought you said you were no, going to set up. No, no, Richard no, set us up. We were Richard, set up. who is lovely. We were, and, set up, and said, we were set up in a kind of art date way. Oh, like yeah. we never met each other. Oh, okay. I and I went Richard straight to his said, studio. Richard like, introduced gay, us. You'll get on. No, no, it wasn't a date like that. Although we did go for a few strolls and things. Yeah, but you never tried to shag me, so that was disappointing. But I'll live. I've got a really good story. About because Richard um, and his husband Raven they got married in this little very lovely little wedding, and uh, he in the I'd unfortunately already was paralysed and then I wasn't looking when I crossed the road eating a vegetable smoke and I got hit by a car, and so what? then I was kind of rec- I know really annoying, and I was kind of recovering from that when he got married and in the speech he said um, oh thanks for Oliver for coming because he's been hit by a car and then we went to the pub after the wedding and this girl said. Oh my god, you got hit by a car, so you're in a wheelchair. I was like, no, no, no. In fact, the wheelchair preceded that. So it was just very awkward, but but very amusing. No, the car, no, don't look sad, Russell. I've just like, I can't see fucking hell. You got my dad said, my dad said, trust you, you get hit by a car. All I did was broke my toe. 
Right. So, but anyway, that was probably not. But um, you two struck up an incredible friendship after you had your non-date oh. date. Yeah. I think I think when you're being an artist, mm. and especially someone like me who's not very good at PR mm. or kind of, I do get kind of you know, Gilbert George being like, "We need to get you out there, blah blah." And I'm not very good. I'm I'm very happy kind of. There's just piles of artwork, and I think maybe one day someone will look at them. You know, um, you know, people around me like Richard. You know, he knows he knows the no, and he you know he's he's kind of a real business background. So he's kind of you know saying we need to get you out there, Randy. Mm. He met Robert and said, oh, "Do you know what? I've met this really great gallerist." Blah blah blah. I want to bring him to your studio, and I was like, "Okay, oh. shit my pants, like shit my pants." Oh, I'm scared. Um, and so then Robert came, and it was yeah, it was a really lovely. It was just a lovely day. It was really nice to invite someone to look leaf through things as yeah. well, which, which I think I missed. Because Rob, Rob's I, I think... the best person to leaf through and, your and bits, all... definitely. Also, He's you love soul. one of the things I've got written on the wall. Leaf through my bits, eh? One of the things I've got written on the wall is that you know, oh, I can paint all day, but at some point you need to be gratified for it, right? And you need someone to tell you they think it's good or bad, or you need you need someone to say you that's need the something. Critique, critique, critical. Absolutely, yeah. I've written it on the wall about criticism, saying. I'm not fussed about it because they didn't make it. So they don't know what I'm doing and what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing. So that's all right. Uh, but I've never had any because, yeah. Anyway, but when I do, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be resilient. <laughs> well, we, we, we've both been through a lot, a lot in the last few years because we've both renovated places. We've both left yeah. London. You know, we've been on these kind of very big journeys in a way. Fell and it's been, a, it's been a, honest, honestly, it's been a real privilege to see your growth in that very short period of time as an artist. And I think it is important. It's actually a good message for everyone listening if they're new to making work or whatever. I think actually starting to show your work to people and having conversations, mm. you know, even if it like takes a few years for you to mm. even get to the exhibition point, you never will really get the confidence unless you start those conversations. And I, I think it's also really nice, even if it's just one person, but you can have like an ongoing sort of oh absolutely and also it's um it's important i think for me to be to kind of grow in confidence with myself first i think that's the most important thing with myself and make a drawing or make a painting and think that's fucking good i mean i wake up tomorrow and think that's absolute horseshit and put it in a you know in in a thing but actually don't destroy it because six weeks later you'll go back and think yeah yeah no that's that's quite good georgia right yeah yeah gilbert and george know what they're fucking talking about don't they but um, but yeah. So there's um, did I send you that video? Yes, you did. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, no. So that yeah. There's the um, there's that, isn't there? The confidence to do it. But also, I do appreciate that a lot of people wouldn't be in a position where they can spend their time making art. Mm-hmm. And I that's another real kind of lucked out on that that I can be an artist and not worry and kind of yeah and make things all day and not have to kind of worry about paying you know for that or whatever because at the moment i can kind of i mean it's another reason not working on canvas very expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah no i think i think people should uh oh no oh it's like oprah winfrey uh i think i think yeah it is a message isn't it to say make, make pictures i think yeah. no i think it is good and then show them to people um oliver the video yes. that you just referenced is gilbert and george saying that you are the best and that you're their favorite artist yeah. we need to share that video on instagram yes, we if we will. can I am um, so excited about this video. Do you know why? Because they say all sorts of really wonderful things. Obviously, they're my heroes. They say these really nice things about my art. But halfway through, they say that I'm extremely sexy. <laughs> and I was just like, done. You were like, I, I am, am done. done. Oh. This I am is happy. all I need. Gilbert yeah. and George think I'm sexy. Fuck that. Oh. Fuck the art. No. Well, um, but yeah, they, they, 
and we will well, be you posting are, you are sexy images. Oliver you're incredibly sexy and we've we yeah. had the best chat with you you just gave me the middle it's finger been a but it's pleasure. meant it's been an absolute privilege it's meant with love it's, it's been, been so much pleasure. fun for everyone and listening will, please will... follow Oliver on Instagram at Oliver Hemsley yeah but I mean I wouldn't because there's nothing on there but I mean no, but you yeah, should because that that way they, they'll hear about your exhibition when it happens you don't need to post every day on there it's Thanks just good much. for people to know where you are. Yeah. I, and, I, I, uh, I have to say, I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you for talking to us. I don't be ridiculous. So We're welcome. so grateful to speak yeah. to you because we love your work. And um, we'll be posting images of Oliver's paintings and drawings and sculptures and uh, even hopefully Gilbert and George if we're Videos allowed to. Videos of world video famous of Gilbert artists and George. saying that I'm we love sexy. It. Saying, <laughs> we're big time. Exactly. All, all for that. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll be back very soon. Thanks Bye. for listening. Thanks, Oliver. Bye. Stick around. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to TalkArt at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com